Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Stuff You Should Know is brought to you by Visa. We all have things we like to think about. Online fraud shouldn't be one of them. Because with every purchase, Visa prevents, detects, and resolves online fraud. Safe, secure, Visa. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. Josh Clark, Chuck Bryant here. How's it going, Chuck? It's going great, Josh. You? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I've often wondered, Chuck, uh, if you won the lottery, like, who would you share any of your proceeds with? I mean, would you, obviously, your wife Emily would would reap the benefits of, of this. Um, but I mean, is there anybody else like your parents? Would you buy them a boat or, you know, who would you share it with and in, in what amount? Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, yeah. I think everyone kind of thinks about this. I don't play the lottery, first of all, because I think it's a sucker's game. True. But, uh, if I found a lottery ticket and won a lot of money, I, I'd be pretty generous. I think I'm a pretty would generous you? guy. Yeah. Okay. I've always liked to think the same thing, um, to the, to the, to the point where, you know, I kind of have allotments of like, you know, who would get what based on how much I won. That's um, good. the thing is, is it's all kind of esoteric at this point. Everyone's generous in theory. Yeah. And I, I wonder how much that would change with cash in hand. You right. Know? Um, and I, I was actually reading an article about a guy who's in Melbourne, uh, who this actually happened to. Uh, one of his friends offhandedly suggested, uh, he buy a lottery ticket and the guy went in, bought it and actually won $13 million. He's got the money in hand right. and he's still sharing it with his buddy who just suggested he buy a ticket, you yeah, know? That's, that's nice. So, um, it is nice, but at the same time, uh, this guy's actions fly in the face of, all theories in all sorts of different disciplines. Evolution, economics, game theory. Right. Have you heard of this guy named Ariel Rubinstein? I have. I, I like old Ariel. Do you? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's got he, an he interesting like theory. He's a pretty approachable guy from what I understand. Uh, he came up with this thing called the Ultimatum Game. Right. In the early 80s, I think. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and he... Um, let me just give a quick rundown of the ultimatum game, okay? Sure. Okay. So basically, uh, some guy comes up to you and I, Chuck, and uh, hands uh, he hands you $21 bills. <clears throat> and he says... I think you know where I'd be headed. Yeah. I'd, I'd say, Chuck, come back. And that guy would be like, where, what's your friend's name? And I, I'd be all like, I don't know. I don't know him. You know, I, right. I just met him at, at number 16 bus shelter. So right? Somebody would get those $1 bills. Let's right. <laughs> right. So uh, well, let's say you did stick around. Your curiosity was piqued. Uh, because some stranger came up and gave you $21 bills. Um, and he, he had some instructions that went along with it. Um, namely that you had to split it with me in any way you saw fit. Right. I, I had the ability to reject any offer you gave me, but if I reject your offer, then neither one of us gets squat. He takes the 20 bucks back, right? Right. So I could give you a dollar, keep 19. You could say, no thanks, jerk. Right. And uh, the guy takes his money back. Right. But the thing is, is under under this thing called uh, rational maximization, which is an economic theory that basically all people are out for the most for themselves, Right. you shouldn't even be concerned with the idea that I would reject your offer. Right. Number one, you should give me $1 because that's the least amount you have. Right. right. Um, and secondly, I should take it. It's found money. And that should be that. You've and got nineteen. I've got a dollar. I may be mad at you, but still, I didn't do anything for the buck, right? right. Um, so that makes perfect sense in theory. Uh, and Ariel Rubinstein is very, very well respected uh, game theorist, except for this one just magnificent 
uh, just terrible prediction. Right. This is a, a blot on his record. Right. So these German uh, uh, economists put it to the test, put the ultimatum game to the test uh, in real life. And they found that there, uh, there, what they, what they found was that there was no support for Rubinstein's right. hypothesis whatsoever. Right. People, I think they found, gave an average of 37% of the money away. Mm-hmm. And then what I thought was really interesting was that half of the people who, uh, received, um, 30%, was 30% that or less, would not accept it. They rejected the offer. Yeah. Even though it was found money. And and in other cases, there's there were more generous offers than need, there needed to be. Right. So if they got, uh, let's say it was twenty Deutschmarks, <laughs> or I guess now the euro, but back then it was Deutschmarks. Sure. They would give them three, and they just threw it right back in his face. Exactly. Um, that doesn't make any sense. Again, right? So it was enough to get the uh, curiosity of uh, economists and mathematicians and and uh, you know all sorts of other people uh, peaked. Right. Right. Um, and so they started looking into this and they're like, well, game theory, it makes sense, but there's, there's a flaw here or there. Let's tweak it a little bit. Right. They tried variations. Right. And one of the ones that they came up with was the dictator game. Right. I like this one. Yeah. This, this one makes a little more sense to me. And yet th- it's still just, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, basically under the dictator game, it's the same thing as the ultimatum game, except, uh, they give me 20 bucks to share with you. I can either take, $2 and give it to you and keep 18 for myself, or I can half the $20 with you and, and, and split it equally. Either way, you have to accept the offer, and I get to keep the money no matter what. Right. So there's, there's, there's no loss for me. And yet they found that like 76% of the people who played the dictator game split the 20 bucks in half, even though they knew that if, if they gave the other person two bucks, that they could they got keep. they kept 18 right and as far as i know these people were actually keeping the money to make this a very real thing right. to really gauge people's reactions and and the vast majority of the people were splitting things evenly this is mind boggling don't you agree it is but you know it was germany and it's called the dictator game so they may they may be <laughs> a little bit of afraid on what was to come <laughs> right exactly with their rib turtleneck sweaters and right. all that yeah so um this further piques people's curiosity. Like Rubenstein inadvertently just set off this huge chain reaction. People's entire careers have been built on his one prediction of the ultimatum game, right? Right. Um, so they start they start looking into theories about sharing and altruism. And we actually did a, a podcast, uh, How Altruism Works, based on uh, an article called uh, Is There Such a Thing as a Truly Unselfish Act? Right. And altruism shouldn't exist, you know? Right. Uh, rational ma- maximization should because it, it falls in line with evolutionary theory. But, uh, I mean, so what, is that the human spirit or is that uh, no, something we've developed? No one has any idea. Um, and and they've, we don't even know if it's human, actually. Um, they've done some studies. They did one on chimps and they show zero, uh, they don't show any sense of fairness. They don't right. mind if they're if they're getting screwed out of something, as long as they get something, they don't care in what amount or how much someone else is getting. Right. But other monkeys uh, have shown a, a sense of fairness, specifically the uh, capuchin monkey. Yeah, this is a cool study. Did you ever see monkey shines? Uh, no, I don't. Monkey. You didn't see monkey shines? No way. Okay. Oh wow, it was pretty good actually. It's a it's a horror movie about a uh, out of control helper monkey. Who uh, just goes on the rampage? Oh, I remember. It's like Silent exactly. Night, Deadly Night, except yeah. with a monkey. That's exactly why I didn't see it. No, thank yeah. you. It was okay. Um, 
Well, basically, this is the same kind of monkey, and they're very smart, and they're often used for helper monkeys. Um, and these uh, researchers just down the road a piece at Emory University right. ran this experiment on them. And so they would put some monkeys together, and they'd have them get the, retrieve a pebble. And in return for bringing the researcher a pebble, uh, the, both monkeys would get uh, cucumbers. Uh-huh. Uh, now, after a while, one monkey uh, would would get a grape in return for ret- retrieving a pebble, while the other still got cucumbers. Right. So one monkey's kind of like, you know, what's going on? And then after a while, while one monkey still had to retrieve a pebble to even get a cucumber, the other monkey was getting grapes for doing nothing. Right. And this led to monkeys getting upset. Yeah. Throwing food, refusing to play. Right. And really, I mean, like uh, capuchin monkeys, uh, if you've never seen one, you really have to go on to uh, what's the ultimatum game on how stuff works. They're the cutest things on the planet. I can't imagine seeing one of these just... Acting up. Hurt, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a mean experiment. It happened just down the road, but uh, apparently it let us know that humans aren't the only ones with this higher mind sense of fairness kind of thing. Ultimately, though, we still have no idea what's going on. Right. I I did think it was interesting uh, interesting that... Um, people that participated in the in the game, they they found that they looked for nonverbal cues from their partner in the game, right, to try and pick up what they think they should give, right. And it kind of made me think, you know, any study where you know you're being studied, I kind of have not problems with, but you wonder, you know, if I knew that someone was giving me this twenty dollar bill, I would give away half of it. Just so wouldn't mean wouldn't seem like a schmuck, right? Exactly. It's like Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. You know, just by observing something, you change its behavior. Exactly. Uh, and I wonder how much that factors into this too. And that that nonverbal cue study you were talking about, it seemed a little hinky to me. Uh, I wasn't sure how much faith I put in it, but I wonder how much of that uh, lack of faith is derived from just the the idea that it, that's just such a depressing um, notion that right. we're really all always in fact, out for ourselves and trying to rationally maximize, and we're actually doing it through nonverbal cues, sizing up how generous we think the other person will be for a big payoff later on. Right. Like you, know? you and I are walking down the street, and I see a 20 on the ground. I look to, I, I pick it up, and then I look to see if you saw me pick it up. Pretty much. And maybe if I noticed you saw me, I'll share it with you. If you didn't notice, then what 20? Right. And even if, uh, even if you just kind of go across the board and help everybody equally, just as a general rule. Right. How much of that, uh, is based on a belief in karma, you know, karmic right. debt, karmic payback, that kind of that thing. That you think that you're going to ultimately receive a reward. Right. And that's why you do it, which leads us back to, you know, that altruism. Definitely, which apparently doesn't exist in, I don't know. I, I figure five, ten years down the road, we'll have the uh, the specific, you know, genetic code for altruism or right. or faking of altruism down. Well, pat, I, I so. do know if someone came and gave us twenty one dollar bills, and we'd probably head down to the dance club, and everything <laughs> would be fine. We probably we wouldn't split it uh, evenly. We'd just go ahead and throw it on stage at the same time. Exactly. Okay, that's well, altruistic. Yeah, exactly. We this is a pretty dense topic, and it's a really interesting article. I, I suggest you guys go read it. Uh, what's the ultimate Ultimatum game on HowStuffWorks.com and stick around to find out which article has Chuck very nervous for next week. So, Chuck, uh, what article has you very nervous? 
Uh, well, Josh, next week I'm going to uh, visit the in-laws in Akron, Ohio, and we have plans to go to Cedar Point. Cedar Point, which the is the greatest amusement park on the planet. That's what I've heard. My wife has been touting it as oh, such dude. for years. you got to go on the Millennium Coaster. It is the scariest experience you will ever go through. You're basically falling forward as you go down this, um, I think, 90-degree or maybe more than 90-degree hill. It's awesome. it's mind-bendingly scary. I can't wait. And I love roller coasters, but it does have me a little worried. In the article that we have on our website, What If I Were on a Roller Coaster and the Safety Harness Broke by our uh, our veteran writer, Catherine Neer. Yeah, I don't know that you should read that before you go. You might want to save that one yeah, for after. that's a good idea. Yeah, so uh, you can find out what would happen if the safety harness broke while you were on a roller coaster on HowStuffWorks.com. But again, like Chuck, I advise you to read it after you get back from the amusement park. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?